The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. And welcome, everybody. Um, I'm Alex Fullick. I'm your host for Preparing for the Unexpected. Uh, today, we're going to talk about some actual real experiences. I know a lot of listeners, you know, we, we all talk and professionals, we all talk about what's going on with disasters, you know, and we plan for them and we have these plans and drills and tests. And sometimes it's good to get a different perspective from people who actually go through some of these situations. You know, um, you know, we see them on TV. We're seeing a lot of it, unfortunately, on TV right now with hurricanes and earthquakes that are occurring um, in Mexico and in the Caribbean. Um, so I thought I'd reach out to uh, some people I knew to get some firsthand experience on a disaster that they had uh, recently earlier this year. I'm, we're go- well, we are going to be talking to my cousin James down in Lismore, Australia, who earlier this year had some big floods. James, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you going? Oh, things are great here, and uh, I understand the weather is uh, nice down there, better than it is up here in Canada, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty <laughs> nice day today. Yeah, even, even though you're going into winter, or you know, uh, oh no, you're going into summer. Yeah, we've just come into spring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, your winters are still better than our summers, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. let's talk. Let's talk about those floods that happened earlier in the year. What? When was that? Uh, February or March or April, somewhere down there. Uh, yeah, it was my daughter's birthday. It was thirty first of March. Oh, really? So oh. it'll be a day we'll never forget. Yeah, not not the best birthday I'm sure she wants to remember. No, no, we're no. okay, obviously, with our house and everything, but, uh, yeah, as far as Lismore as a town, yeah, it was, it was pretty, a pretty big impact on, on the uh, locals. Was it was it a um, like a, a storm or, or something tells me that it was a cyclone or a hurricane or something? Is, is that right, or yeah. remnants of one? Yeah, so it's the aftermath or the follow down of the Cyclone Debbie. So Cyclone Debbie hits hit uh, far north Queensland, then moved its way down, and then we generally caught the tail end of it with just sort of the rain and the winds a little bit. Um, but yeah, no uh, cyclonic weather as such. Well, and it's not the first time that Lismore has been hit by a cyclone. No, so Lismore generally we have a or whenever there's a tropical cyclone moved down, we generally get the end of it. Um, so I've been here for 
a lot of years. So I've seen the the one from 89, 2001, 2005, 2009, and then uh, 2017. They're the sort of the major floods that we've had around town and generally following on from a cyclone moving to south, uh, south down the Queensland coast. Oh, so you guys are susceptible to these uh, storms when they come through, at least the big ones anyway. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I remember when I was visiting you guys in Lismore a few years ago, uh, one of your previous floods, we were standing <coughs> on a bridge in the river underneath, which I'm assuming is the same river that flooded this time? Yeah, so Lismore has two. Uh, Lismore is sort of the, it's the catchment, I guess the, the joining for the Leicester Creek and the Wilsons River. And so when you, obviously when you get two rivers meet that have had a lot of rain, um, yeah, Lismore is where it, it joins and floods, basically. Uh, so everybody around it just it just overflows its banks and everyone gets flooded. Yeah, so the yeah, yeah the, they come from different catchment areas and then mm-hmm. they yeah they merge there and you know they they come from up in the hills up around Nimbin and then also more coastal towards Bangalore that all ends up back down into Lismore. Uh, well, that's probably one reason why everybody's house, uh, if I recall, was kind of on stilts. <laughs> well, that yeah. and the weather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back in uh, 2000 and... Uh, it was about 2005, they built the levee wall in town to try and save the CBD. Mm-hmm. And, and when they did that, they... They all the houses that were affected that would get more water to them. The council had, I think it was federal funding, to lift all the houses to a certain point so that those houses that were under that wouldn't get water inside them. Oh, interesting. I thought the other reason for was to keep uh, cool air going underneath because it gets so hot there sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it can have that effect too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember standing on the bridge over one of one of the rivers. I'm not sure which one, and the river was about 20 feet below us. And at the top, beside the bridge, was a large telephone pole. And I remember um, your mom and and you and everyone pointing out a marker near the top, saying that's how high the water was. And I just looked, yeah. and that had to have been like 50 feet deep. That was unbelievable how much water was there. I, I'm not sure yeah. which which flood that was, but that was just incredible. Yeah, you know, and I know you guys uh, on many of the posts, uh, you have markers there. Yeah, so we have one on the uh, 1974. That was that's basically the mark that everyone goes off. Uh, that was the the one in 100 year flood that generally hits hits here, um, and it got to 12.1 meters, which is pretty significant from the from the normal level, and then. The one this year got to 11.6, so it was only 500 mil lower than the the biggest ever flood recorded in Lismore. Wow, I, I I remember just being stunned looking at that marker, knowing that that's a telephone pole. The marker's near the top, and I'm still standing, you know, 20 25 feet above the actual yeah. you know, river itself, and just wow, astounded. Yeah, yeah. So basically, so, it was about two. This one ended up about two foot short of that. Wow. So That's it was a lot of water. So now I'm curious because you mentioned those homes that were raised. 
you know, um, how were they affected? Were, were they safe with, with that measure put in place or did they f- still flood out? Uh, they would have still had water underneath them, obviously. Uh, I couldn't get down into North Lismore or South Lismore to, to see the actual level that they got. But I know uh, there was a lot of homes that still had, you know, up to a foot of water through them. Uh, but then there was also a lot of homes that were, were saved. You know, there was one of the guys that works for me. He got flooded into his house. He stayed there and he was three treads of his steps from coming in. So, you know, wow. yeah. So yeah. the measures that some the got saved, put some didn't, yeah. Wow. So the, count, the measures that the council put in place those, all those years ago, for some people, it actually worked. Yeah, I think for the majority of people it worked. It was, I guess they had to have a cut-off point, and then if some of the houses were uh, still above that cut-off point, then they wouldn't have been lifted. So um, they would have still been out of the one-in-ten-year flood. But, um, yeah, obviously they weren't saved this time. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. You know, what about homes that weren't lifted, you know, homes and businesses? You know, what happened to them? Yeah, so there was a lot of people. Um, well, it's, with the levy that was built in 2005, this is the first time it's ever been broken. So it, it saved, you know, three or four fairly significant floods in its time. Um, and so, yeah, there was a lot of businesses in town that got flooded. You know, they all had the they had the sirens going with it, uh, letting all the people in the CBD know they were evacuating the CBD. Uh, from Thursday night, I think, and then Friday morning, they were basically telling everyone, you got to get out because it's going to break the levee. Oh, so there was some warning when, you know, as the, the storm came towards you guys and the levee is filling up, there was some uh, warning to the, the town, uh, letting them know that, hey, you may have to, to go. They, it, didn't just, it wasn't just a, yeah. a thing, that, like snap of a finger type thing. No, because Lismore's had a lot of significant floods. Um, yeah, the, the SES and the, uh, all the emergency services, they were all around telling everybody, you know, you need to get out now. Um, a lot of people did. A lot of people stayed and tried to save as much of their business and their belongings as they could. Um, yeah, so the... Yeah, a lot of people saved a lot of stuff and a lot of people just, just couldn't where they, where they couldn't get into town to lift all their uh, belongings and everything. And a lot of people just don't have the resources to basically pick up everything in their house and move within a couple of days' notice. Right. So I guess the whole downtown, you know, or the the area that was in danger kind of emptied out. Were there, like, specific evacuation routes? Like, I, I know sometimes you see it in the U.S. when they're evacuating you know, major highways, you know, both directions, you know, both lanes all going in the same direction. So is it, was that the kind of experience? You know, people just got in their cars and there's huge lineups heading off to, you know, Brisbane or wherever. Uh, yeah, well, a lot of them, they can just, well, you can get up to the, the top of the hill towards our place up in Ganella Bar. So once you start heading out of town, it's, uh, Lismore's a fairly big basin. So once you start heading up the hill out of town, it's, it doesn't, you don't have to go really far to to get out of it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I, I do remember, because you, you're in, what, Richmond Hill? 
just yeah. outside, if I remember. Hey, what a memory, eh? <laughs> yeah. And I know you're up on, on top of the hill, and I know going into Lismore, yeah, you go down this big, long hill. So you didn't have, uh, you know, the, the citizens there who had to evacuate didn't have all these big, long trips like you see in, um, you know, the, the recent Florida you know, hurricanes where, you know, they have to go almost to the next state to get out of, you know, the, the hurricane's flood, you know, path. That didn't yeah, happen there. That's right. Oh, that's no, good. So pretty much once you got up out of the level where the, the water was going to get to, all the car yards with all their brand new cars and, and everything, they were, the whole, there would have been probably, oh, it would have been about eight kilometres of, cars just all lined up up the sides of the roads because they they have nowhere else to put them so they've just drove them all out of town and parked them up uh, some of them parked them on higher ground where they could but uh, I guess they wouldn't yeah. be very new cars if uh, they didn't move them eh? <laughs> no no, no was, yeah there's uh, yeah one of the one of the guys I know, he's uh, one of the managers at a car yard not far from our business, and they just had to move all their customer cars, all their all their cars that they've got for sale, um, empty their workshop, all their tools. So, but they they reckon they were in the vicinity of one point three million dollars that they've lost. Wow! So, you know, a lot of that gets recovered with insurance. But, you know, there's customer cars that they had where they've got an engine out of it or, um, you know, parts out of it that they're waiting for. The parts can't get here, so they can't fix the car to get it out. And they they end up losing customer cars and there's, there's just nothing they could do about it. Well, you, you bring up an interesting point when you said insurance. I'm going to come back to some of the business stuff in our next segment, but you brought an interesting point with insurance. If Lismore does experience all of, uh, you know, these floods on a consistent basis, like you said, you know, uh, the early 70s, 2005, 2009, 2017, is there a problem with insurance in Lismore or, you know, because there there are some companies now that say, oh, because you always do have a flood, we're not going to help you, you know, we're not going to you know, sign you up for any policies. Did, did that happen? Yep. Did that come to the surface down there? And, you know, are there continuing issues with that? Um, yeah, it- Depending on the wording of your cover, obviously. Um, but, yeah, the, a lot of businesses, it's very expensive in the CBD to get flood insurance. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure this ended up being classed as a natural disaster. So then it, it moves away from being a flood because it, it, the water, it was just so much water so quick that it became a natural disaster. Okay. So, I, so it moves into a different segment of your insurance. But, yes, flood insurance is, is hard to get or very expensive for anybody in the CBD that where it floods. Yeah, I was wondering that because I know that's becoming a bit of a contentious issue in some of the uh, uh, areas that have been hit by floods and hurricanes and earthquakes right now, you know. Um, insurance, people, you know, companies, they don't want to insure you. So I was just kind of curious about that when you brought it up, you know, so... Uh, you know, so it must must be expensive for everybody. And if you don't have it, well, I guess you know um, you're just going to have to see what happens, right? Yeah, or pack up your stuff and uh, get out and be prepared. Which you know, yeah. the majority of well, people, we, the majority of people were. 
So when the sirens started going off, is that when they started moving all these cars and, you know, people started leaving right away or, you know, was this mad, was there a mad dash basically at the last minute, you know, where it's just complete confusion and chaos or was it actually kind of organized, you know, oh, here we go again type thing? Yeah, I think there was, there was a bit of everything. Uh, people that have seen the floods, locals, they know. Um, friends of ours, they've got a, a clothing shop downtown in the CBD. Um, they they put out a shout-out to a heap of friends, you know, can you come help us pack up? This was on, so it was on the Thursday, and then the Friday was when it peaked. So on the Thursday, they had a heap of people down there. They're just like, we're not going to risk it. We're just going to get everything out. And, you know, if it doesn't come in, that's great. But if it does, we've just saved, you know, $100,000 worth of stock. So right. they went down, they cleared all their shop out, and, yeah, their shop got water in it. So, oh, you know, so for, it's nice, for a few, nice hours of, of pack, a few hours of packing up, it was definitely worth it for them. Other businesses I've heard of, there was a, a bakery downtown um, that peaked at 4 o'clock-ish in the morning. Apparently, they were still baking pies at 2. So, you know, it's just some people listened to the warnings and understood that, yeah, look, it's going to go over and, you know, took the precautions and then some didn't. And, you know... So basically, they would have lost everything. And they, yeah, they end up suffering, losing their business or their homes or whatever the case may be. You know, and you know, you feel bad for them, but at the same time, it's well, what what did you think was going to happen? You know, we're in an area that does get these every few years. You know, that's right. That's so. right. Okay, well, on that, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk about some of the businesses, what you guys did and how you were impacted. And, you know, you mentioned some of your staff already. So we'll talk about that in the next segment. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. We're talking with James Marshall um, in Lismore, Australia, and talking about the floods uh, earlier this year. And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. 
On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to Preparing for the Unexpected. We're talking with James Marshall today. He's in uh, Lismore, Australia, and he went through the floods earlier this year. And he's giving us some uh, personal experiences and insight as to what happened there and um, some of the different uh, activities that occurred that uh, you know we may not have seen in the uh, news reports on uh, television stations in other countries. So uh, uh, welcome again, James. And in this segment, I'd like to uh, talk to you about, you know, what you do, you know, uh, your business and what you do and, um, you know, how the floods impacted you, you know, your, your own family, uh, your, uh, you know, employees, you know, stories you may have heard from your own clients, you know, and things like that. So uh, to start off with, can you tell us exactly what your business is and, you know, what you do? Yep. So our business is a wholesale food and beverage distribution business. Uh, we cover a large area. We go approximately 150 kilometres to the north and about 250 kilometres south of where we go, um, our base. So it's a, it's a massive area. Uh, we have a lot of, a lot of businesses, schools. Um, so the businesses we do is like takeaways and cafes, restaurants, service stations, small supermarkets, um, uh, sporting organisations, all those types of places. And, we, yeah, we, so we have milk products, drinks products, uh, snacks, and then we do a lot of paper goods as well where your, your burger wraps and your chip containers, coffee cups, all that sort of stuff. So that, that's the basics of what we do. And to our listeners, I've seen this warehouse with all the food, and it's better than a supermarket in there, I swear. Yeah, kids love it. Oh, I know they do. <laughs> so when when the floods were you know coming close, you know, March 31st there, um, how did the floods, when they did occur, you know, impact you guys? What, what happened to you, and how did you prepare for it? If anything, did you even have to prepare? Um. Our, biz, our warehouse is floodproof. When we built here in 2009, we had to make sure the council made us make sure that we were above the 1974 flood levels. So as, as a business property, uh, we were fine, but um, for our trucks and our drivers, they were out on the road on the Thursday in the afternoon and basically, yeah, they were... That was some of those were starting to get cut off because we'd had a lot of rain leading up to it. Uh, one of my drivers, he was out towards Nimbin, and he's like, you know, there's a fair bit of rain here. 
it's it's pretty much coming down like someone's got a hose on you. So I said, look, try and get back. If you can't get back, leave the truck there and I'll find another way to get you home. Um, obviously, my driver safety comes first. So he ended up coming through. So he came through a little bit of water uh, about halfway up the wheels on the truck. Uh, still water wasn't moving because obviously if it was if it was moving water, I would have said, do not come through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got back. He got back and then as our, the rest of our drivers got back from areas where, um, where they could and quite easily. Uh, and then I had to start sending some of our staff home on the Thursday afternoon early because the water was coming up and they would have got cut off from their home, whether they got to go through causeways or, or whatever. So you started shutting the, the business down early just in case? Uh, yeah, we were running... Yeah, we were running on skeleton stuff pretty much from Thursday afternoon. Uh, we came in Friday. We did the areas that we could get to. Um, but, yeah, basically we were pretty well cut off, um, yeah, from Friday. Was there any um, communications? Did you have to send out some sort of a message to anybody, you know, clients, customers, saying that, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to get to you today? You know, uh, until uh, yeah, we put uh, you know. yeah, I put a few posts on our Facebook page, so that our customers that are on there could see, um, and then I just kept updates on there as well. Um, so yeah, obviously, basically Friday. Um, once we left here, we yeah, we couldn't get back in Saturday. Uh, the water went down enough on the Sunday, so I came through. Sunday, I came in and packed a heap of stuff up, put it into the back of our trucks because our power had been cut. Hmm. So oh. that was all loaded into the back of our trucks because they have um, their fridge motors on those for all our refrigerated stock run run themselves without power. Um, so, yeah, we, we got all the stock into the back of the truck and then our guys came in and or as soon as we could get the trucks out, we were out there delivering to our customers because obviously not being able to get to them for, you know, three, four, five days in some cases, um, yeah, they were needing supplies. And depending on they were, they may have been closed down too. You know, That's right, right? yeah. There was, there was a lot of, so, lot of areas that we just, we just couldn't get to. Um, and right. we had to reroute our trucks and... You know, as soon as we could get to those areas, we got to them as soon as we could. Right. Um, especially with it, with our milk products, you know, some it's a pretty pretty big necessity. Um, I guess your like your staples, you know, milk and bread is what you need. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, so basically, we were as soon as we could, we were out there doing it. So rough, like sometimes Sundays and Monday. So two two days afterwards, you were kind of. I, I hesitate to say back to normal, but doing the best you could after that, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were, we were still doing the best we could. Um, we still had some problems with getting stock to us as well. Um, the highway was closed off at Chindra, um, just south of the Gold Coast. So um, basically what stock we had in the warehouse was, was it. And then um, I was in constant contact with our with the milk manufacturer that we do the milk for, um, 
saying, look, you know, the trucks can't get through, so we'll have to try again tomorrow, and then we'll have to try again tomorrow. And then, yeah, as soon as they got through, they were doing the best they could with us as well. Oh, so every, everybody was impacted because I was actually going to ask that, you know, that you can't go anywhere to do your deliveries, you know, because other companies, you know, you can't get there and other companies are suffering too. And your suppliers at the same time couldn't actually, you know, uh, give you everything you needed because they're blocked off as well, you know. Yeah, the, is, the Pacific Highway that goes, yeah, the Pacific Highway that goes between Brisbane and Sydney was shut, so... There's no yeah. way around. There's, there was just lineups of semi-trailers all the way up the highway. Well, it's good to know that all your drivers uh, made it back uh, safely. You know. Yeah. What about yeah. what about some of your employees? You, I know you were saying um, the Thursday and the Friday you were already at Skeleton Staff. You know, were you when you started to get up and running? Were there some staff who still you know were impacted? You know. It, it's terrible to to ask, but you know, impacted worse than others yeah. and couldn't come back right away. You know, um, no, there was no none of our staff's houses were affected. Uh, oh, one, good. Oh, one of our guys, he was down in South Lismore at the time. Um, he got water underneath his house, but then basically the water went down. He hosed it out and cleaned it up, and um, he was able to come back to work pretty well straight away. Well, that's good because I've so, seen some of the pictures. So, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I've seen some of the pictures of that flood, and you know there are houses that are right up to the rooftops, you know, and yeah. you know, cars that are right under the water. So to know that you know none of your staff were, you know, um, impacted, you know, to that degree, that's that's good to hear, you know, and and it's also good to hear that you know you as the 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 company leader, you know, realized what the potential danger could be and let people go, you know, when they when or if they needed to, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that makes that's a strong leader there, uh, James. <laughs> yeah, well, at, putting, the end, at the put, end of the day, you know, it's, yeah. we're just selling a bit of stuff to some people, and you know, everybody has a at all. You know, you got to look yeah. after the families of the people that are here. So, yeah, and I guess having that previous experience, you know, uh, nineteen seventy four, uh, two thousand five, two thousand nine, you know. You, you kind of get that feeling already. It's like, well, you know, we don't know if this is that 100-year flood or not. So, you know, I'd rather everything be safe uh, than end up being sorry, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And we didn't know yeah. what it was going to do either because once once it broke the levee wall in town, um, over South Lismore where our business is, once, once you cut off, you cut off. So um, the only thing that I did here is lift a few, lift our server, lift a few computers, um, and and that was pretty much it. And whatever happens was going to happen, you know. So if you had no power and you went in there Sunday, I think you said, to put uh, dairy products yeah. and other things in the back of trucks, how did you do that? Yep. If you had no power? Um, our forklift is gas. So oh. uh, we opened, opened the doors up and then transferred it into our trucks with manual pallet jacks and our gas forklift. And then just left them running for until until whenever? Yeah, and then the truck, yeah, that's right. We just turned the fridge motors on on the trucks and left them running. Oh, that's good. So you you didn't lose anything, right? 
no oh, product. We a little bit of stuff, but we couldn't we couldn't save everything because obviously a, a warehouse full of stock is not going to fit into the back of four trucks. Right. Um, the four truck the four trucks that could carry that stock. So, um, yeah, we we did lose a bit with stock. Um, you know, and then the flow on after that, we lost uh, lost a fair bit of turnover, which means we lost a fair bit of GP. Uh, you know, so we sort of we did struggle a little bit for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty. You know, it, it pretty much has got back to normal. There's still maybe one or two shops in town that haven't reopened. Um, you know, because it's I- just it's broken them. I read about that um, at, earlier today. Uh, there was something about the the business center in Lismore is uh, still upset with the council and some other areas because there's what seventeen, eighteen percent of businesses are not open yet and or will close now. So yeah, I haven't read I haven't read that article, but yeah, I know yeah there is, there is a few businesses not reopening. Whether that's due to you know, they were only just struggling to survive as it was or, um, you know, they were looking to close down soon or, yeah, I don't know, each, each individual business's uh, circumstances. So, yeah, it could be, I guess, it, whether, whether based they had on... insurance as well, I suppose. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was kind of, so kind of curious. I was going to ask you about that. Insurance if... money. Yeah. That's good because I was wondering about that. You know, I went, "Oh, it does, are they closing down because you know they're still flooded or there's still something there?" But you brought up some good points there that it could actually be for other reasons. You know, they could have been close to closing their doors already. You know, or you know, selling their business. You know, whatever the case may be. So, so I'm, I was just kind of curious yeah. to know why then. Uh, you know, people are angry that this is happening. You know. But then, yeah, that's maybe. right. Yeah, so like I say, I, yeah, I can't comment on each person's individual circumstances. So, um, yeah. without knowing the full story of, of whoever is um, is upset with the council, um, you know, that's that's not for me to comment on. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Okay. But um, uh, I, I think the, the council and the the SES did a really good job. They the couple of days after they they closed the whole CBD down. Um, to cars, and then they just went in there with bobcats and um, tip trucks, and they just loaded all the rubbish into the back of the trucks, and they took it away. You know, it was it was a really quick and really efficient way to do it, and they they just cleaned it out, and then you know, um, some of the cafes that we supply downtown, um, they just said that the, the community spirit in the CBD was really good. You know, everyone was chipping in and helping each other out. Um, if you know, if you got your shop cleaned up quicker, then you'd go and help your mate next door. And uh, yeah, they said it was really good. Well, that's good because I was actually going to bring that up in the next segment. So let's just uh, talk about that for a little bit. Was those you know the Bobcats and were all? I assume that all those emergency response were already on alert. You know, before the actual flood on Friday, right? Yeah, yeah, they were already getting people out of you know people that had got cut off and and um, couldn't get to safety, you know, their house was going to be, their house was going to be flooded they, and they were stuck there. Um, the SES were, were going back and forth with boats and, um, yeah, just getting people out the whole time. For the, Especially those that wanted to, you know, maybe stay behind or something, you know, and get them out 
rather than let them stay there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, obviously, they're only going to get the people out that want to go. Um, they can't force people from their homes, but, you know, it depends if you're going to take the safety advice of somebody that's, you know, been there and seen it and, and everything, or you want to try and risk it yourself. Yeah, and that's not not always the best thing. You know, we we see that on the news every day, and you know, with the recent hurricanes in uh, Florida, you know, people who decided to ride them out, and uh, you know, didn't work out for them. You know, so yeah, you you know, if you decide to ride it out, who knows what could happen? That's right. Yeah, for me, I think you're better off clearing out, and you know, if you lose a little bit of property and you've saved as much as you can, well. So be it, because your life's worth more than, you know, a lounge chair or a TV. Yeah, it's true, but you'd be surprised how many stubborn people there are out there, you know, yeah. want to stay. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take another break. We're talking with James Marshall, um, giving us firsthand experience uh, from the Lismore floods in Australia earlier this year. And we'll be right back in just a moment. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to the Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullen. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Uh, again, we're talking with James Marshall, who's given us some firsthand experience in the floods in Lismore earlier this year and uh, what happened with his business and others' business and uh, you know how his uh, employees responded and how he himself responded. Um, and I just remembered something you told me before we started, um, uh, James. Uh, the flood happened on uh, Haley's birthday, right? Yes. So this will probably be something uh, she'll remember for a long time. Yeah, she'll remember it, but probably won't celebrate it. 
<laughs> we'll just celebrate your daughter's birthday, not the flood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> So I wanted to, before we went on the last break, we were talking about some of the uh, emergency response and and uh, things like that. So I was kind of curious to know, uh, I know you mentioned that they had, you know, people on boats helping, you know, uh, uh, move people around and, you know, things that needed to happen. But when did these uh, bobcats come in? Like, how long did it take for the water to go down to a level to bring these people in and what, you know, to, to help out and get rid of garbage? You know, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, basically, as soon as the the water started receding, uh, they yeah they got the machinery in there. Uh, probably would have been the Monday because, uh, as I said before, I was here on the Sunday down at our business, but I had to walk through waist deep water to get through the CBD. So um, yeah, it would have been that was on the Sunday. So on the Monday, there would have pretty much started hosing bits out um, and then the Monday, Tuesday and, and even up until a week later they they had machinery um, and the tip trucks just, they basically said to everybody, put all your rubbish out beside you, out on the curb and they just came around with the machinery and picked it up and took it away, you know, because otherwise it starts to become a, a health hazard as well uh, when you've got that sort of stuff hanging around for so long um, you right. never know what sort of diseases or whatever is in the water um, right so yeah they pretty much just cleared it out straight away I, I, I just want to go back on something you didn't mention this before on Sunday you were walking through waste deep water yeah so yeah you, so drove, you drove halfway there and then walked walk through the water the rest of the way to the to the building Wow. Yeah, so I drove down, I got as close as I could uh, with my car, which is, so we probably walked, me and uh, one of my mates, he owns a business in South Lismore as well, um, and then one of our other friends that was coming down to help clean up, uh, we walked for about two kilometres of waist deep water, and yeah, you were kicking stuff in the water, and it was, yeah, just, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things we pretty much had to do to get over here to to start the cleanup. They so they let you do that. Um, then, like they oh, didn't they, try to stop you or anything, or no? They when the when the water was coming up, uh, I tried to come over, uh, but the SES said, "Look, we're not taking anybody across the river. The water's moving way too fast, um, and you know they weren't going to risk obviously themselves or me. They said they could get me to the the main bridge, but then." You know, we can't take you any further than that. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, on the Sunday, it was, you know, the water obviously started to recede by then because it was Friday night with the, through the night at peaks. Um, they, have, they have pumps at the, um, down where the levee wall, where it's uh, built to break, where it comes over. Um, the pumps failed there so they they couldn't pump all the water out of town so they had they already had some pumps coming up from sydney as well so well, i'm just surprised i, I you know, wasn't weren't you a little worried about walking through some of that water you know i i know i'm being a typical typical uh, north american here 
you know, we always hear the stories of the, the snakes and animals, you know, that Australia has, <laughs> you know, did, did yeah. you feel uh, even the slightest little bit nervous walking through all that water? No, not really. Um, it was just like walking through creek water. Oh, okay. So, you know, it, was, it, was, it was pretty dirty, but, you know, obviously <laughs> we, you want to get through it as quick as you can, and we were walking on the highest point in the road that we could. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you just keep all your all your stuff that you need up above the water, so like your phone and your keys and all that sort yeah. of stuff. You put it. I put it all in a Ziploc plastic bag so that you know if I tripped on something, it wouldn't get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I'm glad you glad no one tripped and got hurt. You know, that's the main thing. Yeah, right? yeah, sure. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and then it's it's surprising, you know, where the levels are in the roads and you see some businesses you think oh that would go away under and it didn't and then others um yeah they, they stayed right out hmm. but even even walking still that walk through town you just see um you can just tell the businesses that you know have just managers in there and whether the you know the big corporations um they just say just get out leave the stock there you know, you're walking through, there's a, a clothing chain, there was white T-shirts hanging on the rack still that were brown halfway up them and then the top half was still white and um, <laughs> racks and racks of shoes and and just, yeah, you just think, what a waste. Like, all they would have had to do, have done on the Thursday was just pack a bit of stuff up, you know, try and save something, but they just, to me, it looks like they've gone, okay, you need to get out. They just shut the doors and walked away. Yeah. Well, sometimes you know, I guess that's that's what they felt, right? You know, it's safer. I, I'm I as a person are more important than my, this white T-shirt hanging in the window, right? So, you know, yeah. Like right. you said, like you said earlier on, you know, you're more concerned with your staff than anything else. So, you know. Hmm. So, um, yeah. Sorry about that. I digressed. You know, but when you mentioned walking through the water, I just kind of wanted to touch, hear a little bit more about that. <laughs> so, um, next, I'm I'm kind of wondering where are things now. You know, what's happening in Lismore now? What's happened since? You know, has, has anything changed? Uh, you know, um, uh, you know, we mentioned that 20, 20, possibly 20% business is not opening, you know, but for whatever reason. You know, so what's the feeling Lismore now? And how are, how are things, uh, uh, you know, what's it like there now after the floods? I think that, I think it's still, uh, well, the one, the shops that are open and, and everything, you know, I think the, the town vibe is still fairly good. Um, there was a lot of businesses in the CBD. They started up a, a campaign for Restart the Heart. So, you know, where they're encouraging people to shop downtown and, and you know, get involved and help these businesses get back on their feet, basically. You know, shopping mm-hmm. in the CBD. Um, yeah, there's a heap of, heaps of shops around the, the CBD with a love heart stuck in their window. Um, they were doing offers and, and everything like that to get people to, to shop back downtown. Uh, only yesterday we had the Lismore Cup, so it was the, the biggest horse racing meet of the year for us. Um, they reckon that was a really successful event for them. There's about six or 8,000 people over there. So it's, oh, good. Um, yeah, I, I think in general, or for, from my perspective, I think the town has obviously survived it and and started rebuilding and 
you know, is pretty well over it. The rebuilding does uh, does that mean the levee has been uh, you know, repaired as well, and you know things kind of back to normal in that respect? Um, no, the levee wasn't damaged. Just uh, rebuilding is in you know just getting the positivity going. Um, there was a few businesses that obviously needed repairs. There was a um, subway um, takeaway sandwich bar in town that that only reopened yesterday or the day before. So um, they had, you know, I think they had insurance dramas waiting for the landlord to get the business, the property fixed so that they could reopen their business and back to health and safety stuff. Right. So, but yeah, I think I think in general the, the vibe's pretty good around town. Well, that's good to hear because you you know especially how you're complimenting you know the emergency responders and the town because um, uh, a lot of times you don't hear that you hear a disaster and everyone just complains oh you know groups didn't do this and that town didn't do this and you you you, you never hear the positive things so it's kind of interesting you know mm. to hear a different perspective for a change. Well, you know, is whinging that, about stuff is that not, not going to get you anywhere, is it? You just, you just need to get on with it. And, you know, for us, we, you know, if we had to cop it on the chin with with the the turnover and profits that we lost, but you just got to move on. And, you, you know, we, we lent a couple of trucks out to people that have businesses in town that, you know, they needed to get some stuff out. So... <laughs> Oh really? Um, so you 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 let like this is before the flood? You you rented out some trucks? Yeah, or lent, yeah, before lent out. Yeah, yeah, before the flood. Yep, we lent out two trucks, and you know if there was anyone that needed help getting stuff out of town, I, I was offering that as well. So, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So so what did you post something on Facebook or, or you, you just? Get the, you know, tell friends or oh, tell just, anybody who needs it. You know, how would you do that? Yeah, I just oh, well, I had a phone call for one of them, and then um, yeah, basically I just through word of mouth and everything. I said, look, if there's if there's anyone that needs a hand, just tell them to give me a call. So you know, you only have to let a couple of people downtown know if they need need a hand or not. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously so did- we had to. We have to had to look after ourselves first with with our stock and business, and then after that, yeah, if anyone needed help, we'll, we were oh, prepared so, to help. So you helped. Uh, you know, you were actually a part of one of those um, teams that were helping others. You know, you weren't just impacted by the flood; you were actually helping others. You know, prepare and get ready for when it when it did occur. Well, that's good. Yeah, pretty, much, pretty much. That yeah. that. that um, uh, that you know, because you obviously have a positive attitude. You know, it's coming across quite uh, clearly. You know, in in responses. So, is that the general feel in in Lismore? You know, about the the response, or is there you know a negative feeling? Even though they're they're trying to rebuild the city, uh, the town center, etc. Is the overall response been positive? Like, hey, we are we are a, you know a strong community. We got a good council and knows what to do and things like that. What, what's the overall feeling? Um, yeah, I think it's fairly positive. It was only it was a few days after um, it all happened. I went over to a, a meeting over at the university. There was oh, there would have would have been a few hundred people there, maybe three or four hundred. 
Um, and they had people from um, high level in the police force, the SES, councillors, all these sort of people, uh, Lismore, the uh, Chamber of Commerce, all that sort of thing. And they were all, you know, and the same, the same there, the biggest, the biggest thing that they had come out of it was the, the effort that the SES put in, um, you know, working 24-7 for, you know, basically five days straight. Um, and they set up, they had uh, banks and all that sort of stuff there as well for people to talk to if they were in need of assistance. Um, so I think, yeah, as a general thing, the, the council and everybody was just trying to help everybody out. I don't That's think good. anyone was there for their, for their own agenda of, oh, I'm going to make some money off this or whatever. It, it right. definitely didn't have that feel for me. Well, I'm glad to hear that because a lot of times you don't you don't get that. You see the town halls after these disasters and it's nothing but, uh, you know, a yelling and screaming match and everyone trying to point the blame on somebody else. So that that's yeah. something, you know, you, you don't hear a positive story like that very often at all. Mm. Oh, yeah, well, um, talking to a few people that I know that have got businesses and that around town and, and they're like, oh, I don't know how this meeting is going to go. Um, whether it was going to kick off or not, obviously they had a few police there in case it got a bit rowdy. But but yeah, there wasn't there was no incidents at all. So it was just awesome. everyone went there to listen to listen what the people had to say. Um, right. And obviously, yeah, for me, the the biggest thing was the the effort that the the emergency services put in. Yeah, those people and, do a great and, job and rescuing yeah. people. As, yeah, yeah, rescuing yeah. people that needed it, and then. Um, also in the cleanup afterwards. That's great, uh, and we all know Austra- Australians never get rowdy. <laughs> no, never, never, <laughs> never. <laughs> well, James, I want to thank you very much for your time on the show. Uh, we've come to the end, so uh, I thank you for your firsthand uh, insight and you know the things that you actually went through, you know, with yourself and how you helped the community actually. And how you kept your business running and, you know, how you were impacted and what uh, happened within Lismore and uh, the aftermath of uh, Cyclone, what was it? Cyclone Debbie, right? Cyclone Debbie? Yep. Okay. And Cyclone Debbie. So I thank you very much for your insight. I think it's great. I hope our listeners uh, learned a a few interesting things, you know, and uh, can pick up some ideas that maybe they can take back to their organizations or their communities to, hey, this... You know, this community in uh, Australia did X, Y, Z. Maybe we should think of doing something like this. So I thank you very much for your insight. And to everyone else out there, you know, if there are any specific topics you'd like us to talk about on the show or want to be a guest yourself, please send me an email at info at stone and dash or the hyphen sign road dot com. And let me know, and maybe we can uh, get you on the show. We'll uh, let you uh, show your expertise on something or share some stories that you've gone through like James did with us today. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. Stay prepared. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.